0: Please turn with me in your your Bibles to Luke uh, chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We'll read a well known passage. We'll read the first uh, 20 verses, and our text will be from verse 19. because he was of the house and lineage of David, and to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. As far as Scripture reading in our text this morning will be from verse 19, but including the whole context, Uh, verse 19 says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Dear congregation, in this time of year, this Christmas season, and the end of the year, there's there's much to think about. There can be all the excitements around uh, the season. We have vacations. We have family coming to visit. Uh, programs to participate in. Your children are practicing. Uh, there's so much that keeps us busy and, and occupied. Or people might be looking for specific ways this time of year how they can help the needy or evangelize to those who don't go to church, to unbelievers. But in all this busyness, do we also take the time just to stop and to ponder, to reflect on God and His work in your own life. That's what pondering means, to to reflect, really to debate the things in your own heart and mind about what God has been doing and to try to make sense maybe for the many questions or the many providential leadings that you can see in your life, and to stop all the planning, to stop all the rushing for a moment, and to take time with the Lord. What, what happened in your life since God came to you, since Christ came into your heart or life, or do you remember? Do you remember, or, or has He not? Do you not know of Christ in your life? And through all this chaotic and, and, and busy events here, Mary was able to keep all these things in her heart and ponder them in her heart. And so that meant she meant she, she kept it safe. She stored it in her heart. Everything that happened, she, she thought about it. She didn't, she didn't lose it or didn't forget about it, but she treasured it there in her heart those precious moments of knowing what God has been doing and what God has been saying in His Word and what what you see God doing in in your life. So what are some of these things? What are all these things that Mary pondered about? That's what we wish to consider here this Christmas morning. Our theme is Pondering Christ's coming. In the first place, we can see how Mary would have pondered the angelic announcement. We can go back nine months to when Mary was sitting at her house, this young woman who was betrothed to Joseph. You can imagine all the things she was thinking about, her daily activities that she needed to do, and probably also thinking about the upcoming wedding, what still needs to happen, what still needs to be planned. But, and then suddenly her life changed so dramatically. Angel Gabriel came down as a messenger from heaven and greeted Mary. She says, "Highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women <clears throat> and this troubled her as you can imagine in verse twenty nine it says she considered what greeting this, what this greeting meant that to consider really means to, to dialogue in your heart, really to to reason, what does this mean? How does this all fit together? But the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will be the mother of the Lord Jesus. But that only raised more questions. How can that be, said Mary, in verse 34 of chapter 1? I'm not married. But the angel said, the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The power of the Holy One and the Son of God will be conceived in you. Well, that would have seemed so impossible for Mary. Remember, Nicodemus also had a similar question. When the Lord Jesus said, you must be born again. And he said, how can that be? And there the Lord Jesus also explained that the power of the Holy Spirit must create a new life in you, to conceive a new life in your heart, to be born again by the power of the God. Have you ever stood still in your life and pondered this? How can I be saved? How can I be right with God? How can I be born again? But here the angel assured Mary that with God nothing is impossible. Verse 37. And Jesus also explained to Nicodemus how God would send how God had sent His only begotten Son into this world, that whoever believes on Him will be saved. With God, nothing is impossible because He has made the way. And when we ponder on God's Word in this way, as we see with Mary, it it brings a submission to the heart. Though we do not understand that Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered it, she says in verse 38, Let it be according to your word. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Lord, I don't understand these things, but I know I need that new heart. I know I need Thy Holy Spirit. Let it be to me according to Thy Word, even when it seems so impossible. Do you, do you trust His Word when it first comes to you, when you read it? Do you, do you believe it? Do you believe that He promises salvation to those who flee to Him? Do you believe what it says, I will create in you a new heart? Or do you believe Him when He say, commands you and He says, repent, Of your sins, turn from your sins, from your lying, from your hatred, from your theft, from your complacency. Do you turn when the Lord says this to you? How can you? But do you believe and say, Lord, let it be to me according to your word? The Lord's word comes to us even more powerful than the message came to Mary through the angel. How much she had to ponder about the angel's word, but how much do we have to ponder about God's word coming to us. But then secondly, Mary ponders her wonderful visit with Elizabeth. Verse 36, the angel assured Mary and said that Elizabeth, her relative, had also conceived, she also had received this promise from God in her old age. So Mary, in verse 39, goes with haste, with eagerness. She wants to see and wants to hear from someone else what happened, and how joyful that meeting must have been, and how much it would have given Mary to ponder here. When she arrived at Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth was filled with the spirit and and greeted her with another message from heaven. You could say, blessed are you among women, Elizabeth told Mary. And that's when that babe the John leapt in the womb of Elizabeth, when she heard Mary's greeting. What a confirmation of the Lord's work. What a confirmation of the Lord's word to you and the strengthening of her faith. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of the things which were told her from the Lord. When you hear God's word, is it also mixed with faith? Can it be said of you, blessed are you because you believed what was told you by the Lord? What a blessing it is, isn't it, when the Lord confirms His Word to you not just once, but twice or even three times. When He uses other people to bring His Word to you in a special way, and you say, yes, Lord, this is what You said to me yesterday as well. This is what I, Your Word points it out to me again, and it's being confirmed, how, how it strengthens your faith that God is real, that His Word is real, that His Word is true. And it fills your heart with rejoicing, with thankfulness, it caused Mary to break out in praises. She rejoices and magnifies the name of the Lord in verse 47. And the more you ponder God's work in your life and in this world, the more you begin to magnify Him. Because you see His glory and His majesty. And Mary had been pondering this, and she sings of it. In verse 48, she says, He has regarded the lowly estate of His maidservants. 49, he who is mighty has done great things for me. Verse 52, he exalts the lowly. And this word really means the low of social status, the, the lowest, the outcast in this world. The, the Lord has exalted them. He fills the hungry with good things, and he sends the rich empty away. So Mary had a lot to ponder about when she lodged there for, with Elizabeth for those three months who else could really understand her? She was an unmarried woman, betrothed to Joseph, and yet pregnant, carrying the Lord Jesus. An angel had come to her. Who else would believe her story? Everyone else would only accuse her of being unfaithful to, to Joseph. And what a blessing it is, isn't it, when you're able to find that other person who you can relate to heart to heart one who you can share the depths of your heart with, one who understands your questions, your, your rejoicing in the Lord or your perplexities in life. There's so much to ponder about in our lives. But it's especially those questions, the unknowns, the riddles, the puzzles that we can't seem to put together in our life. That makes us ponder. It makes us wrestle with God to see what is happening. As we see, thirdly, Mary ponders the providential journey to Bethlehem, and here she certainly had a lot to think about. When the orders came from Caesar Augustus and said all the world has to be registered, everybody has to travel to their home town. Now what? Mary was far along in her pregnancy. This is the most inconvenient time to, to travel. The journey could take up to a week. It's about 150 kilometers walking here from almost to Whistler over a country that's not much better, mountains and deserts. You'd be busy, people going in every direction, finding their hometown. Where could they stay on their journey? Joseph would have to leave his work. How could they afford to travel? Where could they stay, even when they got there? What about all these promises from God? What about the promises that her son would be the son of the highest? Could God not make things go a little bit smoother? You think she had a lot to ponder about. And then when she arrived in Bethlehem now, where could they stay? said so the inn was full. There was no room. It was so busy in that town, so many visitors, that there was no room left. Does this seem like providential leading in your life? It's easy to thank God, isn't it, when when everything goes so well. When everything lines up, the appointments line up, you can find parking in the busy parking places, or you try to book a ticket, you find a seat still. everything lines up for your vacation, everything goes better than expected, and oh, how you can thank God when your life just seems to be going so smooth. But how about like here with Mary, when everything seems to be against her? And it can make you wonder, did did I go the wrong way? Did I do the wrong thing? Was this not the Lord's will? But here for Mary and Joseph, all these things are circumstances outside of their control. Everything is in God's providence. And then a time comes, a little baby is born, her son, Jesus. Jesus. The one who would save them from their sins, the one who is called the king of the Jews, the one, the son of the highest, the son of David, the one who will reign forever and ever and of whose kingdom there will be no end. Where, where does this baby have to stay now? Where can this king sleep? In a manger? In the hay? Wrapped in swaddling clothes? Because there's no room for him? You think Mary pondered those promises in her heart. Lord, what what did you say? Is is this not what you said? Why is this happening? Why does it not make sense in my life? At Elizabeth's house, she could magnify the Lord. She could praise the Lord. And could she still do this now? Are there those times where one day you can praise the Lord and the next day you, you can't even look up to God because you think He's so against you? He has exalted the lowly, Mary sang. Well, has he? He sent the rich empty away. Has he? As she looks down that road and maybe sees that inn over there full of people, probably the rich people. And where is she? Has he sent them away empty? Can you magnify the Lord when things don't go the way you want? In your distress and perplexity? How is it in your life today? But Mary, does the Lord still regard the lowly state of His handmaid? Is this what it means to be blessed and favored? But Mary pondered all these things in her heart. What a blessing it is, isn't it, when we can quietly think upon the Lord. Submit, as Mary did before, Lord, let it be to me even according to Your will in good times and in bad. Isaiah says, in quietness and in confidence will be your strength. Resting and trusting in God that even when we can't put the pieces together, but trusting the Lord directs all things. And then it's best you to quietly ponder them in our heart. For so often when we speak, we speak of things we don't yet understand. And we get ahead of the Lord. And we say, well, the Lord has done this or that. when well, we don't really understand what the Lord has done at all. But then further, Mary ponders the different reactions to Christ's birth in the fourth place. Mary ponders all the reactions around her that she sees. There is those moments when the Lord slows us down and provides opportunity to ponder. Mary, has time to ponder now. Her baby Jesus is wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's laid in a manger and she's sitting there. It's like a mother in a hospital. You're supposed to wait a day or two. You have time to think. The baby is sleeping. And she sees not only her own life, but everything that's happening around her. Those shepherds, suddenly in that dark and quiet night, she hears those footsteps coming, maybe even running. And these shepherds burst into the stable where she's staying, and they're they're looking, and maybe Mary thinks, well, what now? What else can go wrong? Are these shepherds going to stay here too with all their sheep? But no, they've come to see Jesus. These angels had lit up the night sky where they were watching their sheep and they sang of the Savior of Christ the Lord who was born and they told the shepherds where they could find him. And these shepherds had said, let's go see. Let's go find him. And they've come to see Jesus the King. Mary receives another message here. And surely to, to, to comfort her again of what all the Lord has spoken. And here you could see her heart is saying in glory to God in the highest. Oh, then to ponder God's goodness that even in the darkest of nights, when all seems to be against us and the questions can fill our hearts, that it's all in God's plan and God's purpose. Does it not fill your heart with songs in the nights? Do you not ever have to rejoice in God's goodness when you yourself are laid up or, or, or put in the darkest of nights? He has exalted the lowly because Christ is here laying in the manger as for the very reasons that these lowly shepherds can now come in and see Him. These shepherds of this low social status, the Lord has exalted the lowly. He has allowed them to come in and see the King of kings and the Lord of lords as a baby in the manger. It's all in God's plan. Here in this table, Christ has come down for sinners like you and me who and whoever wills can now come, even shepherds, even you, even me. Whoever believes will be saved. For Jesus said he shall save his people from their sins. Have you ever had to ponder how close the Lord Jesus Christ has come to you by coming down into the manger, by laying his head in the hay? He that was born of Mary and became a man so that he could bear your sins on the cross, that he came this low for the very purpose to take your sins upon his body have you ever considered how close he has come to you? Mary can ponder how these shepherds can proclaim the Savior's glory. She could sing with Elizabeth, but now it's a shepherd's turn. They return glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen as it was told them. In a moment, their lives were changed as well. Just like the dark night was transformed for those shepherds, there out in the field, by the glorious light of the angels, your darkness can be turned to light. When you're born again by the Spirit of God in a moment, your darkness turns to glorious light, It allows you to sing to, the, to the, your Savior. That's when you're awakened to that new reality, just like those shepherds sitting in the Quietly in the field, just staring off into the, into the darkness. And you, what is your life staring off into the darkness of this world when suddenly it's transformed by God's light? And then you can no longer remain silent, can you? It does not happen in a day for everyone. It can take many years, ten years even. But then you have to speak of it. You have to speak from, from the house stops or the street corners to speak of the Lord and what He has done for your life. Have you ever had to ponder what Christ has done for you, slow or fast? It might not be as dramatic as these shepherds, but has your life changed? Do you live for the glory of God? Do you rejoice in this Savior, what He has done for one as lowly as yourself? Can you glorify and praise God for all the things that you have heard and seen? In your life and the life of other Christians, and can you, like Mary, ponder all these things in your hearts and say, "Lord, what is it that you are doing?" Because for so, ma- so many, the early on, when the Lord begins to work in your hearts, it's like that little seed, and you don't really see it, but it's growing. And there's so many questions and things don't make sense, and you feel like you can't praise Him because you don't know, and yet you cannot leave Him because you love Him, because of the love that the Lord has put in your heart, even though many things can be dark, and and maybe you think that when you become a Christian, all things become easier, and the Lord opens every door for you, and it seems like every door is closing, but can you praise Him? Can you love Him? Do you keep this in your heart because you know you cannot let it go? Have you ever had to ponder? It's those lessons, those times that you do not easily forget. Because the Lord writes them on your heart. You're taught by the Lord, by His Spirit. But oh, how Mary must have also pondered how the others only marveled. And it seems they did not believe. Verse 18 And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. There's a contrast here, isn't there? But Mary. It means the reaction of the other people is opposite of what Mary did here. They wonder, yes, but have they ever learned to ponder Many hear the stories, but you're not concerned about who Jesus is or if God is actually working in your lives. Do you ever have riddles, questions in your heart about the Lord, about His work in your life, about His Word? What does it mean for me? How can I be saved? How can I overcome this sin? How can I be delivered from His wrath and His justice? If we never have those kind of questions, if we never ponder them seriously, do we have to say and ask, has the Lord ever begun in your life? Do you know anything of believing and trusting in the Lord Jesus? If it's not a concern for you, you say, well, maybe I won't believe unless something like an angel tells me, I need to know for sure, I need to know, but the Lord's. But does God's Word never then convict you of your sin? Does His Word not then open your eyes and heart? Do you not hear Him calling when He says, Turn, turn, for why will you die? Do you not see how God shows you His love for sinners by sending His own Son into this world to be laid there in the manger? Do you not see Him as a child, Laying wrapped in swaddling clothes because of you, because of me, because of sinners. Does it never make you wonder and say, Why has the Lord then come so close to us in Jesus Christ that He was born like we are, that He walked with us in this world? Do you never consider that every baby you see and hold is actually pointing you to Jesus Christ? Does it ever make you ponder those words that He has said, He who has the Son has life, but he who does not have the Son does not have life. That either today you have life because you have Christ, or you do not have life and you, because you do not have Christ. And if you do not believe on Him with that saving faith, there is no life in you. And if Christ is not born in you, you're not His, and you know nothing of Him. You can see how Mary could ponder that some could just come walking by on the street and leave again without coming to seek and understand or even look into what the angels peer into to try to understand who is this child and what caused the angels to, to sing in the fields of Bethlehem glory to God in the highest but many just keep on walking and never bother to see who Jesus is. Maybe you come into church. You, you, you're content with the fixings and trimmings of the Christmas season. A moment, a season, that's it. And you go on to your busy life. You read the Word. You hear His stories. And you say, well, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. It's like you're sitting on the fence, not decided which way you should go. And yet... You're not on the fence. He who has the sun has life, and he who has not the sun has not life. You're on one side or the other. Eternal life or eternal condemnation, which side of the fence are you on? You wonder. You stand amazed. You could be spellbound by the lights and the trinkets, the music, but it's empty. Without life changing action, without conviction, You've never gone in to see Jesus. There's no recognition of who Christ is for your soul. There's no saving faith in your heart. There's no running to the stable like the shepherds to see the king who has been born for sinners. Is this child the savior of my soul? Can, I, can, can he forgive my sin? Is this the promise Jesus who has come, who has said if we believe on him, we shall be saved? Is there no fleeing to Christ for refuge? You don't go to investigate. As he said, he's the only way to the Father. Is that true? Can I not be saved any other way? Where or how can I be reconciled to God? Am I really, really condemned to death, to eternal hell apart from God without this child Jesus? Can you just wonder? It's an amazing message those shepherds brought and they continue on passing holiday, another worship service, and your life continues on to eternity without God, to an eternity without God. Is that you today? Do you ever ponder with Mary, how can so many just walk by? How is it that millions can walk past? Because it's so true what she's saying. The Lord exalted the lowly Mary and Joseph so blessed, so filled with God's love and God's grace, and the shepherds so filled with faith, with hope, with love, with praise, with adoration of a God who has come to them. Here we see sinners filled to overflowing with God's mercy, with God's goodness. Hungry ones are filled with good things, undeserving ones, blessings poured out, but the rich are sent empty away? Have you been filled by God's love and grace in Christ Jesus? Because if not, is it because you're full, full of this world, full of religion, and yet not full of Christ? Did Jesus say, you are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing? Revelation 3, but don't consider that you are poor and miserable and blind and naked. Have we pondered this? That Jesus came in the form of a man born naked and laid in a manger, does not mean nothing? And Jesus who came down from heaven and emptied himself of all that glory and majesty and honor and eternity... To become immortal, to become a finite human being, to take upon himself our sin, because he knows that we cannot meet God the way we are. Jesus living in the sin-cursed world, from the hay on his bed to the wood, on his cross, no place to lay his head from the meager swaddling clothes to the crown of thorns and put on His head on the cross, not a moment in His life where He could flee the thorns caused by our sin? Have you considered why Christ came? Why he even had to lose those swaddling clothes and hang naked on the cross? Have you pondered that Christ came to die for sinners and to live in obedience to His Father? because we've broken his law? Have you pondered that Jesus was born so that he could be nailed to the cross in a human body? No mother dares to think about anything horrible happening to, this children, to their children. But Christ was born for the very purpose and with the intent to have nails driven through his hands and through his feet to be whipped and to be scourged and to be hung on the cross and as only to physical suffering. He came to bear the wrath of God against sin. Simeon said, A sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And many hearts will reveal that they see no need for Christ. Mary will witness the crucifixion of her son from those who said away with him, Many will see him and not believe, even though they marvel. Even though those hands stretched out to heal the sick. Even though those hands stretched out over Jerusalem and said, how I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chickens, and you were not willing. He came to give his life for sinners, and they say, no, thank you. You were not willing. Have you pondered why you do not need Christ? Why a story? Why a program is all you need, a few presents? Why just a passing thought? All those who heard it marveled, amazed at what they were told. but no indication they wanted Christ. You say, why do I preach this on a Christmas morning? Why else did Christ come? Why else did Christ come? and to save such who were not willing. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If Christ had not come, no one could be saved. If Christ had not come, no one would be willing. If Christ had not come, our hearts would not be turned from darkness to his marvelous light. Like the darkness in the night of Bethlehem lit up with the angels' glory, So your heart can be lit up with the glory of Christ. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept them near, stored up in her heart, etched there for her life. Is Christ etched in your life by his Holy Spirit? Can you say, I need him? I need this one who has become a child and yet a king. She meditated about these things as she went about her life. Do we meditate about Christ day and day and night? Or do we go on down the road? Mary could say, this child is my Savior, my Lord, my King, my Redeemer. This child has come to die for me so that I can live with him forever in heaven. This is my hope and prayer for every one of you here today. This is my desire that we all would see this Jesus as our salvation, and that we may rejoice in his name forever and ever, that we live in his presence. Do not go and continue on the road apart from him, because he still calls you, not through angels, but through his word, not through angels, but through his messengers, not through angels, but through your very family your acquaintances. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Amen.